Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning into this most painful episode of the Four String Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Brady, with my co-host, Mitch and Skyler. Gentlemen, we're talking, we're doing our team previews. We're talking about the Green Bay Packers. Uh, for the third straight year, no Super Bowl appearance. Um, but lots of things to, to hang your head high on with the Green Bay Packers, despite how I may have been feeling up until maybe three weeks ago after the playoff loss. Um but we're going to start the episode out with a huge shout out to our co-host, Mitch Collins, for giving me the greatest uh, wedding present ever of taking me to Lambeau Field. Even even though they lost, I still had an absolutely fun time with such a cutie. So we are going to talk uh, their season in review. Season started about as worse as it could have for any football team with Super Bowl aspirations, with a 38-3 to drubbing to the Saints. They followed it up, though, winning seven straight games. Time. Yeah. They followed it up, though, winning seven straight games. Beat uh, Detroit, beat San Francisco on a last-second field goal, beat the Steelers, beat the Bengals in overtime, uh, beat the Bears, uh, Washington, and Arizona, who was undefeated in that game, uh, beat Arizona in that game without Devontae Adams, without Alan Lazard, lost Robert Tanyan, was without their defensive coordinator, uh, was at that point without David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins, um, and still ended up winning. Followed up the next week with a loss to Kansas City in a game that Aaron Rodgers didn't play in. Uh, and it was the first time we got to see Jordan Love start a football game and play competitive NFL minutes. They beat the Seahawks the next week, 17 to nothing before losing to the Vikings uh, on the road by three. They then closed the season out uh, with a win against the eventual champion Rams came out of their bye week, beating the bears, uh, beating the Ravens, the Browns and the Vikings again, before closing the season with a loss to the Detroit lions in a game where all their starters rested. Uh, but in the playoffs, they lost 13 to 10 in a special teams shit show. Uh, in the cold of uh, Lambeau Field to the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, 16 games started last year, 37 touchdowns, four interceptions. Um, Aaron Jones, uh, sorry, A.J. Dillon actually led the team in rushing with 803 rushing yards and five touchdowns. Aaron Jones, 799 rushing yards and four touchdowns. Um, Devontae Adams was by far the team's best receiver last year. 169 targets, 123 catches, 1,553 yards, and 11 touchdowns on the year. But the unsung story of the Green Bay Packers team for the most part last year was their defense. Five interceptions at a street free agent, Rasul Douglas. Um, you had uh, nine sacks at a Preston Smith. You had nine and a half sacks at a Rashawn Gary. You got street free agent Devondre Campbell, who turned into one of the best linebackers in the NFL. And you've got great showing to the ire of uh, Skyler out of Eric Stokes, the first round corner that you had drafted. Uh, so uh, taking a look at the season in review for the Green Bay Packers, Mitch, what was your thoughts on it? Painful or not? Um, we should probably let the non-Packers fan go first. Yeah, we'll so. let the non-Packer fan go first. Go ahead, Skyler. Okay. okay, why is it that whenever we're doing like Nebraska, let's let the Nebraska fan go first. Because or, you're, England, you're the only Let's let the New England Patriot fan. What, what yeah. is Wisconsin? Let's let the non-Badger fan talk first. Yeah. <laughs> so let's, let's let the, the outsider go first. Yeah, like, let the outsider go first. Outsider go first. Um, <laughs> Just because we're a truly inclusive podcast, Skyler, it doesn't mean that it's a bad thing, okay? It's, yeah, it's inclusive yeah. when I get told I'm wrong just because I have a different opinion. Because that's what's going to happen. I'm going to say my opinion. Like, this, if you go back and... You're already wrong for saying this. Right? <laughs> if you go back and listen to the last two Packer preview videos, um, I was called wrong so many fucking times. Um, well, yeah, because you had Washington beating the Packers. I did. I did. And I was wrong. Um, the game was closer than it that the final score showed um so for anybody that's listened to the podcast more than once when we've talked about the packers they already know how i feel about 
how the Packers run their team is something that it's just the philosophy behind it is something that I don't like in general. Um, something I hate more than that is Packer fans in general. Um, I love my family. I love my two co-hosts so much. Um, Y'all complain over the stupidest shit. Um, I would give my left toe for a 13 and four season um, for any of my teams. Um, uh, specifically my left pinky toe. I gotta be, I gotta be, uh, no, we're taking the right one. (laughs) We're taking, (laughs) okay. Oh, I heard Um, right thumb. (laughs) The right one. It's already gone. It's already gone. I know you're talking, it's gone already. Um, I, I think that this team is very, very good. I think that this team continues to be very, very good. I think that for the first time ever, this next coming season, I agree more with my cousin about how this team could be. But this last season was good. Um, Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers' connection continue to be one of the best connections within the NFL. Um, what the production that I, I still think that you needed someone to step up, whether it was uh, Baldur Scantling or Alan Lazard or um. Amari Rogers or someone, someone as a wide receiver needed to step up and and they couldn't. Um, Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon, uh, Dillon became a good two. I was wrong about that pick too. Um, continued to be two very very good uh, tandem backs. Um, uh, doing two completely different things and it worked out for them. Offensive line without Bakhtiari played very very well. Um, defensive line played very very well without Zadarius Smith. Um. You were able to get um good productions out of Eric Stokes and Russell Douglas. I will totally eat the Eric Stokes take. I thought it was a horrible pick at the time. I was proved wrong. Uh, I'll eat crow on that one. I, I, I will say the Packers do a very, very good job of finding players that no one else wants and turning them into really good players. Um, I I will see how that continue. I, I want to see I want to see that trend continue because honestly, when my family's happy, I'm happy. But when they lose, I'm also happy. So really, it's a win win for me. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so I I think that this Packers organization is going in the right direction. Um, I am con- uh, I I don't know if Aaron Rodgers can do a third MVP performance. I was completely and totally wrong last year where I said that he needed to play at the level he did the season before. Um, to win another MVP, he didn't, and he and he still won an MVP. Um, I, so that like he he will continue to make something out of nothing. He will continue to elevate the players that are around him. Um, and and that's what he did last season. I I, special teams woes aside, um, because there are some. I I'm not as much of a dick. I can see that the special teams were a problem. Usually the Packers could rebound from it. I think of the Chicago game where you allowed a kickoff return for a touchdown. You rebounded. You won that game. Um, you missed like seven field goals against Cincinnati. Still were able to win that game, even though you shouldn't have, because Evan McPherson was off for like the first time in the entire season. Um, so there are those things. If you're able to clean up that special, t- that I, and I think you will be able to clean up the the special teams mistakes. If you're able to, um. And then get whatever bug is is going through the team um, that continuously just makes bad things happen at the worst opportunity times. Um, you need to play better against Minnesota. You need to play better against uh, some of those uh, like middling tier teams, um, and not just the high. You play well against the high rated teams like Tampa Bay. Like uh, like you said, you beat Los Angeles. You beat the Super Bowl champs. You beat the AFC champions. You beat um, you beat San Francisco earlier in the year. 
like those are teams like you you need to take that success and bring it up over to the playoff um because you've been able to um so we'll see how that goes um i still think this team is going to be a playoff contender i still think this team is going to be the probably one of the better teams in the nf uh in the nfl maybe the best team in the nfc um i think it's a good team um i'll see how my co-hosts feel though all right, to show why Sky was wrong in every point. Um, here's I'm here's my PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> you know, it gets to the point where I don't even have to say anything, and Brady already has the presentation prepared. Yeah, it's typed. I know what he's going to say ahead of time. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, last season was another heartbreaking season as a Packer fan. Um, uh, but the, obviously there are some positives. Aaron Rodgers is able to win a second MVP. Um. AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones, I think, are, I think they're on the level with like Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt as tandem duos of running back in the in the NFL. Um, I think an underrated thing is uh, even with uh, David Bakhtiari not being there for the majority of the season and Jenkins going down, the offensive line still only gave up thirty sacks, which is pretty crazy considering all that. Um, Devontae Adams had another amazing season, showing why he's the best wide receiver in the game right now. Um, so sad he's gone. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I shouldn't have laughed like that. I, no, I you're, no, you're fine. Um, but yeah, the defense uh, stepped up for once, which is uh, something I haven't seen since we won the Super Bowl back in uh, 2011. Um, Devondre Campbell was an amazing pickup. Uh, had 140 sacks to or not sacks, uh, shit, uh, tackles, uh, two sacks, uh, two picks, five pass breakups, um, really solidified that middle uh, linebacker position, which has been hurting us for a lot of years. I'm glad we invested in that. And then getting the guy like Razul Douglas, who was making pick sixes left and right and was an amazing addition to or add that to a secondary that includes Eric Stokes, who had a fantastic rookie year, and a guy like uh, Jair Alexander, who's a top 10 corner in the league, uh, just made it scarier. And the emergence of Rashawn Gary to pair with Preston Smith rounding back into form after having a rough uh, 2020 season uh, was really great for us. Um, but yeah, the you know, it came down to playoff time to the playoff time. We were able to get the number one seed again. Uh, Matt LaFleur wins 13 games for the third straight year in a row, which is insane. Um but and we were able to get home field advantage, but Aaron Rodgers didn't show up. Uh, made some questionable calls. The special teams, which have been plaguing us for years now, um, really bit us in the ass and was one of the probably the key reason why we lost that. Because if we didn't give up that uh, punt block for a touchdown or whatever. I believe the defense only gave up one touchdown. So regardless of the, how game, all... the defense only actually gave up one field goal, the entire, yeah, the entire game, which was that last yeah. field goal of the game. Yeah. That was <coughs> the one field goal. The, the defense only gave up. So it didn't matter how well the uh, offense played. If we just didn't give up that special teams, they would have won the game and then the season would have been a little bit better, but yeah, that better us in the, in the ass. Um, so yeah, just kind of a typical Packers uh, season. So here's a hot take for you. One There's... sec, um, well, real ahead. quick questions. Okay, Go would ahead. you rather have your special teams woes uh-huh. and your record, uh-huh. or Minnesota's special teams woes <laughs> and the same record? Sorry. 
I'd rather have Minnesota's special teams was. Because I can only, I can I can only think of one game in which Minnesota's special teams cost them a playoff game. I can think Blair of Blair Walsh kick. I can think Blair of Walsh I can kick. think of two. Yeah. What's the I other one? Two. Ninety nine. Oh, okay. Yeah, if we're gonna go all the way back to nineteen, if we're gonna go all the way back to to twenty plus seasons ago, then sure. But if we go back for twenty plus seasons, I'm sure there's more Green Bay games in which they've cost them uh, uh, playoff games. Um, oh, sure. You also want two Super Bowls. There's absolutely um there's so so here's a hot take for you there's no team in the nfl simultaneously more deserving and least deserving of asterisks on their season than the green bay packers and here's like here's why right you get aaron Rodgers back-to-back mvp Devonte adams a guy who could have been an mvp in either of those two seasons and is maybe the league's best wide receiver um you have great talent uh, young talent defensively in your corners you have a solid pass rushing to Darius Smith, Preston Smith, and Rashawn Geary. You have one of the best D tackles in football in Kenny Clark and a great starting offensive line, you know. But a lot of these asterisks have to do with stuff like that, right? If we look at the Packers playoff game, if we look at that playoff game as to who actually wasn't playing in that game, no Elton Jenkins, no David Bakhtiari, no Bob Tanya. You get Zadarius Smith and Jair Alexander who are back for their first game in, I think, 16 and 12 games respectively in that. Um, you lose A.J. Dillon, your team's leading rusher, in the second quarter. You're, you're, and then on top of that, you throw in all the special teams. Well, the, the blocked field goal by Mason Crosby, the blocked punt for a touchdown um, that, uh, for San Francisco, the fact that on the game-winning field goal, you only line up 10 men on defense. You have uh, so many things shot the Green Bay Packers in the foot last year. But unfortunately, when it came down to playoff time, truly the one thing that shot him in the foot the worst was just how the rest of the team played. For how good the defense was, if Jair Alexander makes the tackle on, I think it was Debo Samuel, um, on, on the final offensive play San Francisco had, San Francisco isn't in field goal range and doesn't have the timeouts to get into field goal range, right? Um if Aaron Rodgers hits Alan Lazard on the third and 15 uh, on the Packers last offensive drive, when he's wide open, instead of trying to throw into triple coverage to uh, Devontae Adams, Packers probably win that game right before halftime, Aaron Jones had a 60 plus yard reception, got it down to within the 10 yard line and green Bay had to settle for a field goal that if that's a touchdown, this game is different, right? There's no team more deserving of, breaks in the NFL and least deserving of breaks in the Green Bay Packers because this team to me is a top five is a top three roster head to toe in a lot of ways and they haven't been able to turn it into Super Bowl championships now we just got done with our Tampa Bay episode where we talk about a team that returned everybody from a Super Bowl winning team and still didn't even get that close to the Super Bowl lost at home in the divisional round so year in and year out every NFL season is different and so it's going to be different for the Green Bay Packers but there's lots of things to like about the Packers. One thing that I love about their offense is average time of possession offense, three minutes, 14 seconds, league best. Average plays per drive, six plays, uh, 6.39 plays, top five. Average yards per drive, 36 yards per drive, top five. Average points per drive, 2.54 points per drive, top five. This is offensively, they don't jump out at you in any particular statistic other than like fewest amount of turnovers and uh, top five, I think passing touchdowns last year. Right. But this is a team that has found their rhythm offensively can hold the ball, no matter where you're at, you start at your 25 yard line. If your average drive is six plays 35 yards, you're already at the other team's 40. 
which means that for most teams who have competent kickers and a competent special teams, you're already in field goal range, hence the 2.5 points per game or points per drive. Um, but they've got to get better on third downs. They were abysmal last year in, in crucial instances. Uh, uh, the offensive line has to get healthy. David Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins obviously missed huge parts of the season. Josh Myers, your rookie center that you were high on, missed parts of the season. But you also got great production. I mean, Yash Nyman didn't give up a sack until – the playoffs and he had to play against uh, uh a bosa brother uh trey hendrickson jj watt um uh everson griffin twice uh tj watt uh you know khalil mack like he he had an absolute gauntlet of pass rushers that he had to run through and i don't and if i remember correctly he didn't give up a sack until playoff time unfortunately he gave up a sack in the playoffs though um, and then you had uh, Royce Newman, who was a, a mid-round guard for you, who started a huge amount of the season. And John Runyon, who was a mid-round player for you, drafted the year before, who started huge amounts of the season. So so for a patchwork offensive line to do what the Packers did to win 13 games and take the NFC North and the number one overall seed, given how beat up this team was through huge parts of the season, and then you add on the production they got out of guys like Devondre Campbell and Rasul Douglas, the street free agents, um, it, it, there's lots of things to really love about what the Packers did last year. Unfortunately, they didn't meet the expectations that I think not only Packer fans, but the vast majority of the league has for the Packers. Um, what I will say is that regardless of uh, uh, how he does in week one against the Vikings, uh, Matt LaFleur is the winningest head coach through the first three seasons of his career. Like it's insane to bring in a, a first time head coach and to win 13 games in three consecutive years. They just have to turn it into playoff success. Cause he's what now two and three in the playoffs, I believe um, in his career. So for a dude who's yeah. Cause beat Seattle lost to the Niners beat uh, Rams Rams lost to Tampa Bay and then lost to San Francisco. So two and three in his playoff career um, got to get better at that. But We've already talked about some of their losses um, and we haven't really touched on many of their gains. Green Bay had huge parts of their team get yanked out from them last year. Devontae Adams gets traded to the Raiders. Zadarius Smith goes to the crosstown rival uh, or cross state rival, the Vikings. Billy Turner is starting right tackle. Last couple of years goes back to uh, Denver. Chandon Sullivan leaves. Lucas Patrick leaves. Tyler Lancaster leaves. Um, your punter last year, Corey Borjarquez leaves. Um, Equinamia St. Brown, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Uh, so they did have some signings, Pat O'Donnell, uh, Sammy Watkins, but taking a look at the uh, free agent class there, Mitch, uh, anything or not, yeah, free agent class, anything stand out for you? Um, yeah, so obviously there's a ton of names that left. I think the only ones that are really going to matter to me at least is uh, Devontae Adams and MBS, just because those were two of our most talented wide receivers. And now Alan Lazard is uh, keyed up to be the number one guy, and it'll be interesting uh, to see if uh, he can be that guy and if the other uh, in our wide receiver room can step up. Um, otherwise, like Zadarius Smith left, but we already have Rashawn Gary, who's emerging into one of the better young pass rushers, and Preston Smith, uh, who will be rebounding the form. Billy Turner is gone, but we have Yash Nyman and David Bakhtiari and Jenkins are starting to make their comeback to the offensive line, so that doesn't matter as much, uh, you know, Oren Burks wasn't really a guy. The secondary were fine there. So there is, outside of the wide receivers, we really didn't lose any critical pieces. Um, but when it comes to the games, uh, I think Pat O'Donnell, even though he's a punter, I think was a pretty good pickup just because uh, he's been one of the better punters in the NFL. 
and he's proven he can be a cold weather guy, obviously playing in Chicago for all these years. And I feel like that's really hurt uh, Green Bay is because they've gotten these guys who, when it's nice out, they punt fine. But once it turns to cold, then that's where you get really bad punts, uh, a.k.a. J.K. Scott and uh, Corey Borquez. So he need a guy like that who's proven in the cold, I think is huge uh, for trying to right the ship on special teams. Um, I think Sammy Watkins can come on and be a solid contributor, but the one that I'm most excited for uh, free agent-wise is Jerron Reed, adding him to that defensive line, because for the past couple of years, Kenny Clark's really needed that help. Um, last year, he had 43 tackles, two and a half sacks, two forced fumbles, and 19 pressures. Uh, so I think he can be a huge contributor on the defense and uh, really boost it. It's got to be muted. All right, keep doing that. Um, I totally agree with the uh, Jerron Reed uh, signing. I think getting him in there and getting someone that can that can help with Kenny Clark on the interior of the defensive line, so that you have someone that like can actually take the snaps or can work in tandem with him actually helps that uh, interior rushing uh, the the rush defense because that's been an Achilles heel for you guys for a long time, going back to that uh, twenty twenty uh, NFC Championship game. Um, Sadly, the Achilles steel is never the same thing. It's either rush defense or, you know, pass defense or special teams. It's it, There's some reason that you're losing to a team. Um, so, but I think that this helps. It helps short of getting better linebackers. Um, this helps in, uh, immensely for that. Um, also, getting uh, Sammy, Sammy Watkins, I think he can be a contributor, but it's going to be interesting between him and all the rookies. Um, and Alan Lazard of who can emerge as that number one option on that offense. I think it's, it's his for the taking. If he wants it, he can get it. But so far he hasn't been able to do that in his career in the NFL. Um, and then one that I'll say, but Brady disagrees with me heavily about um, is uh, somebody that Rick Passaccia brought over with him when he became the special teams coordinator is Dallin Levitt um, played shit in the preseason, but a lot of people do. It's okay. Um, I, I think he, in limited snaps with uh, Las Vegas, he did play well. I think that he can do um, some good things for your team. I think it doesn't hurt to have a backup safety, um, if anything. Um, in terms of losses, uh, I think the only team that lost more than you guys did was uh, Kansas City in terms of returning production and uh, what it means for the team. Um, Darius Smith, uh, yes, you have um... – Sean Gary. Rashad Gary to fill that spot, but uh, I mean, again, Zadaria Smith is a great player. Um, he uh, one of the few uh, players not named uh, Aaron Donald to lead the league in pressures um, in a season. Um, I'll be interested to see what he does in Minnesota. Um, having to play him twice a year is going to be rough now. Um, you also lose uh, Lucas Patrick, starting guard, or one of the guards. He wasn't mm-hmm. starting, I don't think. Um, there, to, well, due to injury, he ended up starting quite a few games. But Yeah, I think it's like 70% of snaps. Mm-hmm. Um, and he goes to another division rival. He goes to the Bears. Um, so, like, that depth on that offensive line, which helped save you last season. Like Mitch said, 30 sacks with most of your offensive line in and out. That's fucking great. How does that depth recover? Um, and then Billy Turner, uh, tackle, uh, who goes to the Broncos. 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 Okay. Um, again, another depth tackle position that played well last season. Um, we'll see how he, how he does in a new team. Cause that's always the caveat is when you have offensive linemen for the Packers go to other teams, they never play nearly as well. Sands, Corey Lindsley, who's doing great in Los Angeles. Um, like that's just kind of where we need to see how this how this progresses. Um, I, I mean, you guys lost a lot of production, a lot of depth on both sides of the ball. 
Um, and that doesn't even include Devontae Adams. Uh, that that's a huge loss. Like we've said, biggest best wide receiver in the league. Um, I uh, go number one connection. Almost had two hundred targets last season, hundred and some catches. Um, is if it wasn't for Cooper Cup's fucking amazing season, I just he would have been probably the most talked about wide receiver in the league. Um, he is amazing. Um, and Brady traded away him away to me for fucking next to nothing in our fantasy football league. Um. Oh, last year? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did. Still yeah. one, though. Still one. Still one. But I'll take the small victories. Uh, Devon, no, the, it's it's going to be the, – the, it's honestly going to be interesting to see how the production on the offensive, besides the running backs and the quarterback position, how that how that's replaced for you guys because that's something that I'm, I'm slightly concerned about. Um, but, no, all in all, uh, it, with losing as much as you did, I think you guys recovered relatively okay. So – it's sort of a running theme anytime that we talk about the Packers where like when I look at their actual gains, I'm like, I'm not going to talk about their gains. Let's talk about who they re-signed on the team, right? right and that's yeah. that's sort of <clears> – <throat> that very much colors this Packers free agency, right? If we talk about who they re-signed, you reworked the Preston Smith contract to open up cap space. Because you did that, you're able to get J.R. Alexander on a long-term deal, which is huge. You're able to re-sign uh, Robert Tanyan, which is huge. You're able to re-sign Devondre Campbell, which is huge. You're able to re-sign Chris Barnes, who's been a great undrafted free agent who came in for you from UCLA to play that linebacker position. Um, you were able to rework Randall Cobb's contract. There's lots of things here the Packers did in terms of their, their uh, off-season moves with re-signing guys that really do go to benefit this football team. If we take Green Bay between Robert Tanyan and Sammy Watkins are going to pay them an equivalent of just under five and a half million dollars next year. If those guys put up the exact same numbers they did last year, they're going to combine for 45 catches, about 600 yards and three touchdowns. There's not much more you're going to get in the NFL for $5.5 million than that. Like that's when you actually break that down, that's a really solid investment. You brought back Devondre Campbell on a five-year deal. That's pretty friendly on team terms. You brought back Jair Alexander. You got help with Jaron Reed for uh, Kenny Clark. You got help with um, in your secondary by bringing in guys like uh, Kayshawn Nixon, um, even though you lost Chandon Sullivan, who the team was really high on. I love the Pat O'Donnell signing. He played really well in preseason. And like Mitch said, he's a proven cold weather punter. Um, and in fact, if there was a rookie who was close to uh, Pat O'Donnell last year, we talked about him last episode, it was Jake Camarda, the guy that Tampa Bay ended up drafting. Um, uh, the losses are going to hurt. And there's lots of losses on this team that I look at. And, and part of it, is the loss of production, but part of it also is the loss of potential. Equinamia St. Brown and Marquez Valdez-Scantling were two guys drafted in the same year when Green Bay took three wide receivers in consecutive seasons or in consecutive drafts, and none of those guys are on roster now. Now, EQ never really worked out, and Marquez Valdez-Scantling is a great speedy wide receiver, but he never developed a relationship with Aaron Rodgers. He was never the number one guy even when Devontae wasn't in there. Um, I'm fine with the, the uh, lineman losses, because Green Bay has shown an ability, I think, better than maybe any other NFL team to replace those offensive linemen losses. And, and there's already guys where if you're in touch with, with Packer Nation, you already know that there's guys like Zach Tom and Rasheed Walker, who the Packers are very high on. And they would rather have multiple tackles on roster who can play guard than multiple guards. So them losing some guys like that is is solid. If you look at their biggest losses, there's a common theme running through them. And it's all that they're 30 years or older. And Green Bay has a huge aversion towards guys going into contract years when they're that age, unless they're 
you know, ungodly talents. And, and the other thing to remember Packer fans, because I know that it's difficult, but Green Bay had a contract in place for Devontae Adams that would have paid him more than he got paid with the Raiders. Unfortunately, Devontae Adams just didn't want to play for the Packers. He wanted to go play with Derek Carr and be closer to home. I don't fault him for that. But in years past, we've looked at losses of uh, Jordy Nelson or Corey Lindsley or Brian Bulaga or guys like this, and we've gone, well, what are they doing? You had the ability to re-sign this guy. How are you going to you know, get this production back? Um, and Green Bay's shown an ability to do that, and I believe they're going to be able to do that with Devontae Adams. Nobody's going to have 170 targets, 1,500 yards, and 11 touchdowns. There's no doubt about that. But Bob Tanyan had 11 touchdowns his year that he should have been a pro bowler. He had a really solid season until he got hurt against uh, uh, the Cardinals there. You're going to get healthier on the offensive line as the year progresses, and you've got great young talent all across, as well as a back-to-back MVP and Aaron Rodgers who has not thrown, we talked about it when we're doing a touchdown interception prediction, but he hasn't thrown more than seven interceptions in a year since 2016. He's highly efficient with the ball and to have a one, two tandem backfield of AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones, that is tough. Um, that's that's the green Bay is in solid uh, position here, even with their gains and losses. Um, but let's move on to their free agent class. Now green Bay traded Devonte Adams for a first and a second round pick. They draft turned class. draft class. Sorry. Draft class. Um, uh, first round, 22nd overall pick. They took Quay Walker, a linebacker to the University of Georgia. They followed it up with a 28th overall pick, de- taking Devontae Wyatt, defensive tackle out of Georgia. With the second pick in the second round, they took wide receiver Christian Watson out of North Dakota State. Um, in the third round, they took Sean Ryan, offensive lineman out of UCLA. In the fourth round, they took uh, Romeo Dobbs, uh, wide receiver out of uh, Nevada as well as Zach Tom, offensive lineman um, out of Wake Forest. Then in the uh, fifth round, they took Kingsley Enigbare, uh, outside linebacker, pass rushing linebacker out of South Carolina. Uh, in the seventh round, they took Tariq Carpenter, uh, inside linebacker out of uh, Georgia Tech, and Jonathan Ford's uh, defensive tackle out of the University of Miami, as well as Rasheed Walker, offensive tackle out of Penn State, and Samore Torrey, wide receiver out of the University of Nebraska. So, Taking a look at their draft class, uh, we'll start off with Mitch. Mitch, how do you grade the uh, Packers draft class? Um, I'm going to give it an A. I really like it top to bottom, uh, starting with Quay Walker, you know, starter on that very uh, talented Georgia defense last year, uh, 65 tackles, five and a half for a loss, uh, one and a half sacks and three pass pickups. Uh, the dude's uh, athletically is amazing, a very sideline to sideline linebacker that Green Bay has never known. So to pair him up with uh, Devondre Campbell is a really scary thought, and which I love. Uh, Devontae Wyatt also on that Georgia defense will, I think, is a great rotation piece. Uh, tripling down on uh, wide receivers again, I think it was a solid idea just because we need starters and depth. So getting Christian Watson, who we haven't seen yet, but um, was very highly thought of. Romeo Dobbs, uh, 80 catches over 1,100 yards last year, 11 touchdowns, almost 14 yards a catch, and he's already been proving it through camp and preseason. Um, and Samori Tori, all it took was him for to play in one preseason game, and he made the cut. So that tells you all you need to know about the talent that he has. Um, and then uh, investing in the offensive line group, like Zach Tom, this preseason is it. Uh, David give up a single pressure or sack and I think he's one of the few rookies or players to do that so that's gotta love that knowing uh, what you have that in your depth um and Rashid Walker who had a pretty good preseason 
and then just getting more depth uh splash slash uh special teams expertise and like ignarbit ignar bari uh carpenter and forward so i really like this class so did Torre actually make the 53-man yes, roster? Yes, Torre made the 53-man roster, yeah. Because okay, I saw he got cut, and then he must have got brought back on. No, um, no, no. Uh, I don't think Torre no, Torre didn't get cut. Uh, Jawan Winfrey got cut. It was him and Jawan okay. Winfrey who was fighting for that last wide receiver spot. Because right, I was – I. that's good. I'm glad. I'm very happy for Torre. He deserves it. Um, Very good wide receiver. Um, So I go B+. Plus. Um, There are some still some, like – I don't know what it is about this draft. I actually do like this draft. I will say I like the draft. I'm gonna put my hands up now. So well, good. What did you give him last year? Like a C minus? I think I gave it a D. Yeah. <laughs> I and it was really Eric Stokes really brought that tra- that there was a lot. There was it was honestly like I think last year the the quote I said is they picked the wrong right positions, but they picked the wrong players. Um mm. I still think not drafting Creed Humphrey was a mistake. That is what I will say. Um uh quay uh first off you used your two uh your two first round picks very well quay rocker is very very good at what he does i still nicobe deans was the better linebacker but he is just as good like slightly worse he's very very good downhill uh he isn't a downhill uh run uh run linebacker but he does you need linebacker help and getting quay walker definitely definitely like it's it was the wide receiver position on defense like you needed a linebacker so badly it wasn't even funny um i you just need to be less of a reactor and needs to work on getting downhill uh when attacking the run game but other than that he is every kind of thing you want in a linebacker in terms of physical tools and when he gets his hands on you he's you're not getting away um, so that definitely is help. Um, you also like again showing the commitment to the run game, getting Devontae Wyatt. Uh, absolutely loved it. Um, he was the uh, you got the top ranked uh interior defensive lineman according to PFF. Um, and you got him for a steal apparently. Um, like he's a great run defense uh run defender um did amazing kinds of things at the interior defensive line on that on that um championship run uh getting i think nothing helps the defense more than getting two players from one of the best defenses we've seen in a while i love that you addressed uh the wide receiver room three different times uh christian watson was a good pickup uh big guy very quick um definitely should be able to uh, do well, but I knock it just a little bit because George Pickens and Sky Moore were both still on the board. Um, but he does amazing. You guys address the wide receiver room. Congratulations! I'm very proud of you. Um, hold on, let me grab the banner. Yep. Uh, Sean Ryan, uh, from UCLA. I really actually like this. Um, he did very very well. Um, he's very very naturally athletic. Um, uh, always improved at UCLA. Was a three year starter there. Um he should continue to do well and is probably going to be the next best like uh, uh offensive lineman for you guys romeo dobbs who everyone has seen what kind of production he's able to bring in the preseason uh done very very well thousand two thousand yard receive uh seasons very like him a lot um i think of the three pass catchers you've got he was my favorite um, I also love that you double down on that tackle position. You got uh, Zach Tom from Wake Forest, who was on a, a very, very good pass blocking team this last year. Definitely helps you with those bookends. Getting Kingsley 
Say his last name for me, Brady. Enigbari. Enigbari. He was like a second-round pick, and you got him in the fifth fifth round. Fucking great for you guys. Um, Tariq Carpenter, nothing to write home about. Jonathan Ford, nothing to write home about. Rasheed Walker getting a third fucking tackle, um, and also still a great tackle. Should have been like a third or fourth-round pick. Um, you guys did good. You found talent that people had uh, passed up on. Um, there were just again me being a nitpicky, me being nitpicky and not wanting to give Green Bay an A. Um, it, like I, I honestly think that um, Christian Watson was a great pick. I, I do think that if it was George Pickens or Sky Moore, it would have helped just a little bit more. But again, that's just me being, being me. It's me nitpicking, being a dick, not wanting to give Green Bay an A. Um, you did draft Samara Torre, though, who was probably one of the better wide receivers to come out of Nebraska since Stanley Morgan um, did well for us. I think he helps in the slot. Um, I'm glad he made the team. Hopefully he can be productive. I don't know what it will look like for him, though. Um, yeah, gentlemen, I'm giving it an A+. And there's a very specific reason I'm giving it an A+, and it's not just to, you know, jerk off the Green Bay Packers. What I loved out of this draft, what I loved out of it, was the aggression, Right. We talked about in the Minnesota episode how stupid it was that Minnesota allowed not one but two division rivals to trade up with them to take uh, wide receiver talent on a team that, for Minnesota, is truly lackluster in the secondary position, right? But what I, Aaron Rodgers said it back said it best immediately after the first round of the draft came over when Green Bay took two wide receiver or took two defensive uh, players, which was by the time twenty two came around, there wasn't any wide receiver left with a first round draft break. So they addressed the other positions they felt like they needed. Quay Walker is, I mean, he is pound for pound, inch for inch, uh, almost a carbon copy of Devondre Campbell, but he's more athletic. He's got better uh, fundamentals. He's for, for where he's at in his career compared to Devondre Campbell. He's, he's a fantastic player. I think he can line up and guard anybody uh, at the tight end position, you know, maybe outside of the real premier ones like George Kittle. Uh, But I think he can get to that level as well. I think he was better than Nicobe Dean last year. And I think there's a reason, you know, we talked about Nicobe Dean falling as far as he fell um, and Quay Walker still being a first round draft grade. And a lot of that was the intangibles. Devontae Wyatt, you know, he's just, he's just such a disruptive three technique player. And with Green Bay running as much nickel as they do, having, having the ability to go with two linebackers who can cover wide receiver, who can cover halfbacks or tight ends and, and multiple down defensive linemen who can eat blocks and get the pass rush going is absolutely huge. Christian Watson to George Pickens is always going to be a huge debate, but all in all, you get one extra inch in height at a Christian Watson for only seven pounds more. Christian Watson is an intangible freak. When you look at him just athletically, he's got everything you would want out of a wide receiver. But what I loved about green Bay was that you traded up to get Christian Watson. You weren't afraid to use the picks that you had gotten for the Devontae Adams trade to go grab the guy that you really wanted without having to overreach. And we talked about who the Vikings used with the 53rd and 59th pick that Green Bay ended up giving to him. And it wasn't guys that, you know, were massively high on. I think they drafted Lewis. No, Lewisine was their first overall pick, so I don't fully remember. Um, Dobbs, I think, is a great pick. I love the multiple offensive linemen. Sean Ryan and Zach Tom are absolutely fantastic football players. Rasheed Walker is as well, but Rasheed Walker has consistency issues. But this is a Packer team who Corey Lindsley was a third-round pick. David Bakhtiari was a fourth-round pick. Elton Jenkins was a second-round pick. Brian Bulaga was a sixth-round pick. Like, Green Bay gets the best out of late-round pick, non-first-round pick offensive linemen. And, and they've been able to turn it 
absolutely fantastic. And what I love about their offensive line picks is that Sean Ryan, Rashid Walker, Zach Tom, all of those guys are listed as tackles basically, but they can move inside. They can play guard. Sean Ryan challenging Royce Newman, who was your starting right guard last year for that right guard position. Right. And Aaron Rodgers has to have that investment in his offensive line. And I love that Green Bay continues to go into that. You lost uh, a special team backup linebacker depth in Oren Burks last year, and you replace it with Tariq Carpenter, who's listed as a corner, but Green Bay's uh, said they're moving him to inside linebacker, especially to play uh, the interior there. And I love the Kingsley and Igbari pick. I love the Kingsley and Igbari pick. He, he was a dude who I had late second round, um, early third round. Green Bay got him with the last pick of the fifth round. Um, he only had four and a half sacks, but it, it, there's a lot of SEC players that we've covered so far in this draft where we've been like, this dude is very, very good, but he doesn't have the sack numbers that go with that. And I think Enigbari fits that mold. 6'4", 258 pounds. I think he can line up either flat on the edge as an end, or he can come off the linebacker. And given that you lost uh, Zadarius Smith and you're running with Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary, getting additional pass rushing help uh, really helps. My only knock on the Packers draft in all reality is that you didn't draft a halfback, which I really thought they would. I understand why they didn't. I really thought they would. And you didn't draft a tight end. Part of that was that you had re-signed Robert Tanyan, but I felt like this was a draft where in the fourth, fifth, sixth round, there was going to be a lot of tight ends available that you could have gone and picked up that would have really helped out the wide receiver or the uh, pass catching room. Instead, you went three wide receivers. I think all of them have massive benefits in their own right. Even Samori Torre, who had great moments in the preseason, um, all of them have huge benefits in their own right and can play different types of football. And, and Robert Tanyan, when fully healthy, had 11 touchdowns, you know, in 2020. So a very good tight end for the Packers already. Um, and you've made that investment in the past with guys like Josiah DeGuara. So I'm excited to see how it all turns out, but I give it an A plus there's, there's everything you wanted Green Bay to address in this draft. I feel like they did in some way, you know? Um, so let's move on to the Packer season predictions. So Lots of question marks, right, for week one. Green Bay, we don't know if David Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins, Bob Tanyan are all going to be available for their week one matchup at Minnesota. But after that game, they follow it up home against Chicago, at Tampa Bay, home against New England. Um, they actually get three straight home games after uh, uh, New England. And then home against the Giants and the Jets. They go to Washington and then follow it up with road trips to Buffalo and Detroit. They come back home against Dallas and Tennessee, go to Philadelphia and Chicago before a late season bye. Um, and then they come out of their bye home against the Rams at the Dolphins and then uh, back-to-back home games in division against Minnesota and Detroit to close the season out. So uh, Matt LaFleur, 39 wins, 13 or three consecutive 13 win seasons, ha- suffered his first two divisional losses last year uh, in his career. Obviously, one of them was in the game where they rested all their starters against Detroit. Uh, we'll start off with uh, Mitch. Mitch, how do you have the Green Bay Packers finishing in 2022? Um, I think Matt LaFleur doesn't go for the four years in a row, 13 wins. I think he'll do, uh, one less. I think they'll go 12 and five. Um, you know, the defense is very talented. I think this could be uh, the best defense we've had since that Super Bowl year. And it could be even better just looking how, uh, there's loaded talent on each level of it from the defensive line to the edge rushers, the inside linebackers, uh, to the secondary. It's crazy. Um, obviously the offense is going to be a work in the progress, but they'll have all season to do it. And we all know the statistic of how when Devontae Adams hasn't played in the Matt LaFleur era, they found a way to win. Um, 
every game that they played in, uh, especially in that Arizona game that we just saw last year. So um, I think they'll be fine just because they have the talent like A.J. Dillon and uh, uh, Aaron Jones, who I think can be really big uh, contributors in the run game, obviously, and the passing game. Um, and with Bakhtiari and Jenkins coming back, this could be the first time we've had a fully healthy offensive line uh, in like two years. Yeah. Um, so I think that really helps the offense. Um, and then just kind of looking at, at their schedule, I have, there's definitely some tough games in there. Um, having to play the Rams, Tampa Bay, who we haven't done really uh, good against Buffalo. Uh, the Eagles are a lot better team. Um, Dolphins are a better team and such. So um, there's definitely some tough matchups, but I think there's a lot of uh, wins that they could definitely get. I mean, playing the, the Giants, the Jets, the Commanders, uh, you know, the Bears and the Lions are always pretty winnable games for us. So uh, just taking that all into consideration, I think it's uh, very doable that they can do 12 and 5. Well, I also have them going 12 and 5. I thought I was going to get crucified for saying that. Um, so I appreciate someone else going in the same direction. Um, I, I have all the faith in the world that they'll have a good passing offense. I have all the faith in the world that their rushing offense will be good. Um, I have all the faith in the world that defense is going to be very, very good. The The problems I have is the depth on this team because inevitably, like, inevitably um, there's going to be a defensive or offensive line injury. Yeah. Uh, there always is with this team, uh, no matter what they try to do. Uh, so how do those guys step in? How did, Is it one of the rookie tackles? Um, that comes in and plays a guard or tackle. Do they step up? Um, how does Bakhtiari come back? And Jay or Alexander both come back from injuries. How, how does this next season look for them? Because um, Jay played a little bit. Bakhtiari not really. So yeah, how Bakhtiari do you play? played in one game? Yeah. So how do you rebound and play in a in a, in, a, in a, a new game? Um, does Aaron Rodgers continue to dominate the way that he does? I think he does. Um, I think he'll probably be the most efficient passer in the NFL. Um, I don't think he wins a third MVP. Um, but like Mitch said, yeah, you guys have a gauntlet of a schedule. I think Minnesota this year is definitely going to – they always get one game over you. They'll probably get another game over on you. Um, you think they – wait, split the series in Minnesota or get swept by Minnesota? No, split the series. Oh, okay, gotcha. Split the okay, series. gotcha. Okay, yeah. gotcha. I understand. Uh, you have to go to Tampa Bay. That's going to be a rough game. You have to go to Buffalo. That's going to be a rough game. Um, You guys have L.A. coming to you, which is uh, a little bit better. You guys have to play Tennessee. You guys have to play – uh the Patriots there's some tough games um so I honestly I uh, Miami's gonna be better this season too um so we'll see how how that works out for you guys I think 12 and 5 is very very good I think it's uh it's good enough for number one overall seed so I do have have you winning the third first third straight year getting the number one overall seed um in the NFC um so like they're the best team I think they're the best team top to bottom in the NFC. I'm just worried about the depth on, on the lines specifically and how the linebacker position holds up to rushing attacks this year. Because I think it's honestly probably um, one of the better linebacker rooms you have, you've had in a while, uh, at least since Blake Martinez has left in terms of production that could be they could be brought in. Um, but it, how it helps in uh, run stopping is going to be left to see. And and I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm very, very uh hopeful um i think eric stokes and rasul douglas and jair alexander is a great defensive back uh field 
Um, so it's it's just it's kind of a wait and see. How do the guys continue the path that they the, the guys that stepped up last season? Do they continue on the path that they were from last season? Do Jair Alexander and Bakhtiari continue where they were from the year uh before they got injured? Um, uh, do like Myers and some of those rookies that you had playing on your offensive line do they improve? Um, so those kinds of things. How how does that how do those things step up? Um, I still think they're a dominant team. Still, probably one of the best head coaches in the NFL. One of the best uh, quarterbacks in NFL history. Um, it's just going to be. It's going to be. We have to see where that production comes from. The twelve and five. Uh, well, gentlemen, let's make it three for three. I also have the Green Bay Packers going twelve and five next year. Hey. Um, it's. I. One thing I'll agree with Skyler on is the worry about the offensive and defensive line. Um, what I'm more worried about is the outside linebacker position depth, because right now, if Preston Smith or Rashawn Gary go down, your backups are uh, typically and Jonathan Garvin. You're not going to get nine sacks out of either of those guys. If it actually comes down to it. Right. And you're don't, you're a team who doesn't have the cap space to be able to go out and sign a street free agent to come in and, and help resolve should an injury like that happen. And if the, if the pass rush goes down, the secondary is going to falter quite a bit. The, the, the rush defense is going to falter a little bit. Like that's, that's the area where if I see the dominoes fall in a way that pre- would prevent green Bay from being a wildly successful football team next year, that's the position I'm most worried about because I love the depth that they have on the offensive line. Um, I'm worried about the halfback position, but they've got guys on their practice squad. They're really high on. I love the depth at the wide receiver position that they've got now because there's nobody who's going to go for a thousand yards, but there's lots of guys who have the the potential to go for 700, 800 plus and quite a few touchdowns, you know, Aaron Rodgers. I talked to Mitch about it. He doesn't make the dangerous throw. And sometimes that's maddening, you know, um, but he's, if Aaron Rodgers throws more than eight interceptions next year, I'm going to be flabbergasted. You know, um, what I will say is that there's a distinct possibility Green Bay starts the season one and three. Um, It's a tough first start to the schedule at Minnesota, not knowing how healthy you are. Chicago should be a win. uh, But at Tampa Bay with with their if they're healthy on defense at that point, their defense is so good and and has had the Packers number with Devontae Adams. Now, what are they going to look like without Devontae Adams, right? And New England is not a team that you you should sleep on. You know, we talked about it with the Patriots episode. They're absolutely not a team that you should sleep on. All winnable games. There's It's as likely a chance for me that Green Bay goes 1-3 and three as they go 4-0 and oh in those games. And it's going to come down to a lot of other factors. I think Buffalo is a very winnable game. Last time we played Josh Allen and the Bills, we shut them out. Now, that was before Stephon Diggs, no doubt about that. But the Bills have issues, especially on that run defense. And that's where the Packers want to go with the ball. Dallas is a winnable football game um, because Dallas now has massive issues on their offensive line um, and is, you know, is, has, has taken steps back at the wide receiver position um, uh, as well as on uh, defense there, Tennessee, we just talked about some of the areas they've taken a step back. Philadelphia has all the reason to be a very, very good football team. And we've seen Jalen hurts have success against the Packers two seasons ago. Um, but that's a very winnable game. So Green Bay is going to go probably five and one, maybe four and two in division. And that second loss might just be against the Lions, given how the end of the season plays out there. Um, and there's going to be some games are going to lose that are maddening, whether it's the Philadelphia game or they drop a game to the Giants or the Commanders or something like that. Something's going to be a maddening loss because every year there's always one for the Packers. Um, 
but all in all 12 and five for me is good enough for the second seed because I have them beating the Rams, uh, which, which has that tiebreaker there um, when it comes down to it for me, but, but yeah, they win the NFC North again. I think Minnesota is going to be nipping at their heels, but, but what's nice about this schedule is that you play Minnesota week one. So you've got 16 more weeks and one more matchup for you to win a game and for Minnesota to lose it, you know, what's up. So do is your number one overall seed some team we haven't talked about yet? No, I told you it was Tampa Bay. You're right. I completely and totally missed that. You're right. Uh, sorry. Nope, you're good. You're good. Um, so bold season prediction. Mitch, what's your hot take on the Green Bay Packers next year? Um, Let's see. What do I want to do? I say that it'll be – I say Romeo Dobbs wins Offensive Rookie of the Year. Ooh, Packers are high on Dobbs, but yeah, rookie of I, the year high. Yeah, um, I think there's a couple of reasons for that. One, Christian Watson's, uh, you know, hasn't really seen the field yet with his injury, and I know a lot of people, uh, odds makers, were high on him for winning it. Um, so you kind of take him out of the conversation, and I just feel with where the wide receiver room is right now. Um, Alan Zard is questionable for week one with uh, some unknown issues. Uh, Randall Cobb's older and injury prone and Sammy Watkins is injury prone. Um, so he's going to have a chance to get in there. And I feel like if say like a Sammy Watkins goes down and it's an extended injury for like three or four weeks and Roy May Dobbs comes in there, I think he can uh, solidify himself and maybe take a starter spot like that and, be productive. So I think there's an opportunity for him um, just given the state of the wide receiver room and with that, with Aaron Rodgers throwing to him, um, he could definitely put up some nice stats. All I know is that Samore Torre had a 800 yards with Adrian Martinez throwing to him. So <laughs> imagine what happens when he has Aaron Rodgers throwing. Yeah, to him. man. Yeah, um, fair. Uh, mine, mine was going to be a Romeo Dobbs one, but since Mitch took that from me, it's okay. Um, I'm going to say not Quay Walker, not Devontae Wyatt, but Kingsley Engabare. Enigbare? Enigbare finishes in the top three in Defensive Rookie of the Year voting. Ooh. Ooh. Top three. Top three. That's a hot take. That is a hot take. That, ooh. I mean, you know, big if true. Um, So I hinted at mine. I think when we did our, we did an earlier episode where I hinted at mine, uh, but I've got two. First, um, Aaron Jones and, uh, and Skyler can remind me of the hot take that I said, but Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon both combine or, or both have over a thousand total yards and combine for 20 plus touchdowns next year. Um, the other one I believe was um, Dallas. Was it Dallas? Yeah, that sounds correct. Um, let me let me I'll double check. Yeah, that sounds correct. A thousand yards. They each have a thousand yards total. Yeah, it's and, and combined for yeah. And, and combined for 20 plus touchdowns. Uh, but my second pick is that the Green Bay Packers have five first or second team all pro players next year. They had three last year. I think they have five oh. this year. Are you gonna name the five? Uh Aaron Rodgers. Duh. Uh, Jair Alexander. Duh. Devondre Campbell. Oh. Kenny Clark. 
Duh. And uh, I'm going to say an offensive lineman. I don't know which one, but an offensive lineman. Yeah. The the last one you said was Tony, uh, Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard. And Tony Pollard. That's what I thought. We'll yeah. each have a 12 12- Hundred total yards and combined for twenty touchdowns. Then it's twelve hundred. Then that's my my prediction for for the Packers. It's twelve hundred. Is that each of them will have twelve hundred combined yards, um, uh, and they'll they'll combine for twenty plus touchdowns next year. Because I think part of it with Green Bay is I think they're going to have to, you know. Um, but that's that's my prediction for the Packers. So uh, twelve and five. First time we've agreed on all picks, gentlemen, in like maybe twenty five episodes or something like that. Jesus, I'll double check. <laughs> um, yeah. But. Uh, we're moving on next week or next episode to the team that beat the Packers in the uh, uh, frozen tundra in the divisional round, the San Francisco 49ers who made their second NFC championship appearance in three years. Um, second one under uh, Kyle Shanahan, but came up just short to division rival Rams. Um, we're excited to bring that to you. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, follow us on Twitter and Spotify. Email us your guys' thoughts at fourthstringsp at gmail.com. That is F-O-U-R-T-H string S-P at gmail.com. Have a fantastic day.